Pastor Xavier Reese says it doesn't matter to God what we do as much as why we do it. Jesus saw how the people put money into the treasury. That's the emphasis. He was looking at the motive and the attitude of the giving. There is a canny nature in us as men and women to always focus upon what we do instead of on why and how we do it. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Although it might impress the eyes of man how much one gives to the Lord's work, it doesn't matter how much to God because Scripture says you'll never outgive Him. And using a poor widow as an example for the disciples that God not only sees what our hands give, but even more importantly, He can see into the heart to view the motive behind our desire to give. It's the simple truths Pastor Xavier draws out from the familiar passage in Mark chapter 12. Our Lord and Savior has been bombarded with questions since His triumphal entry to the city of Jerusalem. He is in His last week before the cross. And from the minute He walked in, He began to be opposed by the religious rulers over and over and over again. Jesus was confronted by the chief priests and the scribes first in the question of authority in chapter 11, verse 28. By what authority and by what name do you do these things? Jesus asked them a question. They didn't answer because it would have accused them. And so he says, neither do I give you an answer. They walked away. Then the Pharisees and the Herodians came and questioned him about taxes to Caesar in chapter 12, verse 14. Is it lawful to give taxes to Caesar? Once again, Jesus said, whose image is on the coin? And he says, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. They were silenced. They couldn't say anything. The Sadducees came to him in chapter 12, verse 28, and they questioned him about the resurrection with a supposed account. To me, it sounds a little far-fetched that one woman would be able to go through seven brothers and all of them die. I think after the second or third, I'd get a little suspicious. But let's just say that the story was factual. Jesus says that they erred in not knowing the scriptures and the power of God. For the Sadducees did not believe in spirits, angels, or the resurrection. They accepted only the Pentateuch, the law of Moses. And one after the other, the intent was to trap Jesus, to find fault with him. And what those passages revealed to us, as many other passages, is that it was the heart of these men that Jesus was revealing. Their heart was not right towards God. They were constantly trying to justify themselves and find fault with themselves. Now, we have to make sure that we understand as we go through the Gospels that these religious men knew who Jesus was. They knew when he used them in the parables that he was talking about them. So they weren't in ignorance. 
when they plotted his death. For they said, we crucify you because you make yourself out to be the son of God. They knew exactly why they accused him. Now our Lord is seen there in the treasury. And perhaps he has taken a brief rest from all this bombardment. And he's observing how people put money into the treasury. He says, now Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury. And many who were rich put in much. Then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which makes a quadrants. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. For they all put in out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. Verse 41 gives us the secret observer. It is no one but Jesus Christ. Interesting that even God's people, though they know that God sees all things, can at times act in such a way as if God will not see this one thing. Remember that the disciples had argued about who was the greatest in the kingdom three times. In one of the accounts, as they came into town in the house, Jesus said, what were you guys arguing about? And they said, nothing, Lord. <laughs> as if Jesus was not able to discern the thoughts of their hearts. And yet though we know that God sees all things, at times we can live our life out in certain areas as if God does not see everything. The author to the book of Hebrews says that all things are open and naked with, to, with him with whom we have to do with. And he sees all things. He sees the attitude. He sees the action. He sees everything. And yet, here Jesus, God, has rent the heavens, come down, taken on a human body, and he's sitting there observing the giving of men. Jesus sat opposite the treasury between the court of the Gentiles and the court of the women was the gate called Beautiful. It is said that on the gate was a, a carving or an ornament of a grapevine, symbolic of Israel, the fruitfulness that God was to work through her. And maybe perhaps very much in connection with this, Jesus could see that the fruitfulness that was going on in the temple in the giving was not really fruit to God. Israel had gotten so far away from what she was to be regarding the people of God. Now in the court of the women... There was 13 baskets or funnels for the collection. They were called trumpets because they were in shape of trumpets, wide at the bottom and then narrow towards the top. Each one of them had a designated fund, whether it be for the temple, for the sacrifice, for the service, for different things. And you could go in there and you could put your offering where you wanted it to go. But the only problem with that is that everybody could see you. 
I am amazed at the ability of man to always try to receive recognition for what he does. I mean, you can pick one of the trumpets and people would stand back and say, Oh, look, he's giving to this offering. Look, he gave something to all of them. And yet the Bible tells us that if that is what is going on, then the reward is lost. And Jesus being God, sitting there, he must have just blown his mind. Not that it was anything new to him, but just to see the corrupt heart of man. Jesus saw how the people put money into the treasury. That's the emphasis. How the people put in. See, he wasn't looking at how much was being given. He wasn't looking at where it was given. He was, given, he was looking at how it was given. The motive and the attitude of the giving. This is probably the most crucial area among the people of God. We have a difficult time with money, even as the people of God. And maybe some of us have more problem with money than people in the world. Because it seems that God continually speaks about money to the believer. He spoke a lot about money to the Old Testament saint. Go through the Proverbs. Look at the Old Testament prophets, the minor prophets. He gets down on them because of their wealth and because of their, not, not so much just the material possession, but what it had done to them, their attitude, their motives behind it. Luke 21, 1 says that he saw how the rich were giving. And I'm sure that he saw all the rich coming in and the religious rulers. You know, Matthew tells us that they would take all their little spices and they're coming and all that. And they say, one for the Lord and nine for me. And they would, you know, split hairs, real legalistic. And they would do it before all. Be, oh, my isn't he spiritual? Man. Jesus says they have the reward. God has always declared the importance of how we do the things and the reasons why we do things. But there is a canny tendency or nature in us as men and women to always focus upon what we do instead of on why and how we do it. And we get it turned around. And so we look at somebody who does something for the church and we say, oh, that man must love God very much. But yet God may look down and say, no, he doesn't. He loves attention. Somebody may give a great amount and it's paraded around. Say, oh, Mr. Smith gave $10,000. Let's have a hand for him. And God says, that's all he gets. And we always seem to want to bring attention to man when it comes to finances and to how we do those things for God. And yet the scriptures throughout the Old and the New Testament are always that it's to be done with a willing heart. You remember in Exodus 25, verse 1 and 2, when Moses was collecting the material and the possessions to build a tabernacle, he says, let him who has a willing heart come and offer materials, money, time, 
talent, ability, and availability. You see, God honors the willing heart. That's all He honors. And if we're not careful to understand this, we'll get so caught up by the amount or by what we do. And so we have much of that going on in many of our churches. Jesus taught on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6, 1 through 4 that we are to do things in the secret chamber. And then God will reward us openly. We're not to pray or pray in the corners. And yet so often we hear people on radio or television begging. And yet when the world thinks of the church, they always think of beggars. And yet the Bible says that God owns the cattle on every hill and that he is rich and that he is able to supply for his people. Now, I find the fault on two sides. One, on the leaders who have resorted to carnal means to motivate carnal people because they're not trusting in God. And so they make their needs known rather than just teaching the people when they come to the scriptures. And they're always pressuring and, and prodding and, and, and trying to move you emotionally. And they build their ministries bigger than God has really planned. So then they lay a big guilt trip upon you. I heard of a church who right now has asked their people to mortgage their homes. That's an abomination. Do it in secret. God will reward you. Paul tells the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 9, 6-7 that there's a principle of sowing and reaping bountifully and plentifully, sparingly. But be careful of that carnal motivation where men from the pulpit would say, listen, if you give one, God will give you ten. You give ten, God will give you a hundred. It's work for me. That's not scriptural. God will never be outgiven by you. But he doesn't always give back in money. I'm not saying he doesn't. He's faithful. But you can never outgive God. But be careful of people who use carnal means to have you give. Well, I'll give because I'll get 10. And they'll give you great witness, great testimony. And they even got it in a book. And buy my book. What's wrong with this book, the Bible? First-hand information. And so, you know, there's that principle of sowing and reaping. But he also says in chapter 8, verse 12 of 2 Corinthians, that it's from a willing mind according to what one has. You see, I'm to give from what I have, not from what I don't have. Often I hear people say, well, you know, we don't have much. It's okay. I don't need to know how much you have. God knows how much you have. But you're to give to God from what you have. Because what you have has been given to you by God. And you shouldn't despise God with the little you have or brag in yourself about how much you have. Because it's all because of God. And so we are to give as God has prospered us. Paul tells the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 16, 1 and 2, where he says, you know, when, when the first day of the week comes by, you know, take up a collection. 
And so on Sundays, we do that. But Paul says, as God has prospered us, then we are to give to God. Now, some would interpret this to become a spiritual pyramid, you know? <laughs> it's, uh, it's man's way of, of, of making a living. Job security. No. It's not supposed to be, but I know that it can be. And there are ministers who will... I can, I can right now pick up the phone and call some professionals that will guarantee me that they will be able to raise up $100,000 from you, from this congregation, if I let them in. But of course, they'll come for a percentage. The wisdom of man. Interesting. The secret observer. We should mark that well. God sees everything. And most of all, in the context, he sees how we give. It must be from a willing mind and heart. Not because we're being pressured. Not because we are being manipulated carnally. But because I understand my privilege and my responsibility in God's word. Verse 42 Gives us the simple giver. Then one poor widow came and threw in two mice, which makes a quadrant. One poor widow, insignificant. The widow was a great priority to God. If you search the Old Testament, there are many portions in Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy where God made provisions within the law that the widow be cared for within the people of God. You read some of the old prophets, the minor prophets and major prophets, and God gets down on the leaders and, and the religious leaders also and the king because they had neglected the widow. They had really fleeced the widow, the orphan, the stranger. Deuteronomy 14, 28 through 29 speaks of a tithe that was taken specifically every third year for the fatherless, the widow, and the stranger. Paul the Apostle in 1 Timothy 5, 13 through 3 through 16 speaks of how the church of Jesus Christ in the New Testament is to deal with widows. How the church has a responsibility. And there he outlines very clear specific requirements he says there's widows and there's widows indeed there are widows who have family members loved ones that are living and Paul says if you have a loved one or family member then you're a widow who is to be cared by your loved ones not the church but if you're a widow indeed you don't have a husband you don't have sons you don't have family and You've raised up your children in the Lord. You've lodged the strangers. You've washed the saints' feet. You have a good report. You have a witness of good works in Christ. Then the church has a responsibility to help you in the Lord. There are very clear guidelines on those who are qualified to receive help from the church. Mark them well. The word poor 
is the word that is designated for a pauper, not just a mere peasant. She probably came in and they could notice by her hair and her dress that she was just in destitute. Maybe even these religious rulers, they looked upon her and snickered and they said, look at this woman. Man, she smells. Now we get a little better idea today perhaps of this woman because the homeless are no exception now. It's becoming the rule. The homeless today in our society down on Colorado Boulevard and all around us is no longer just the person who is a wine or alcoholic or a drug addict or a prostitute. But for the first time in our society and in our nation's history, we have entire families on the street this morning. And maybe her hair was matted. Maybe her dress was tattered. But this woman knew God and loved God. And here she came in this trumpet and she was putting in, what? Two mites. And maybe they looked and they said, oh, dude, what's this? What's she trying to do, offend God? You know what's interesting is that no matter how little we impart to God, it's amazing what God can do with the little that we give out of our heart. One day, Jesus was going to feed the multitudes and the disciples says, well, what's... What's the multitude among this little fish and, and bread? He says, never mind, just sit down. And so we might look upon, well, you know, what, what can I do? I mean, how can I help? Jesus says, don't worry about that. You just be faithful to give out of what you have. And I'll take care of meeting what is necessary. Because it came from our heart. The word might there is a small coin. Literally, it means a thin one, about one-fourth of a cent. An insignificant amount. But all things that are insignificant to us become very significant to God, and He makes them worthwhile. That's the way He works. Now, it's interesting to me that this passage of Scripture is right after Jesus' rebuke of the scribes in verse 38 and 40, and one of the charges there is that they devour widows' houses. Matthew 23 gives you more detail about the woes to the scribes. They were the interpreters of the law. They had twisted the scriptures. Oh, how men from the pulpit twist the scriptures when it comes to giving today because they're interested in pressuring people, in meeting their budgets. My Bible teaches me that where God guides, He provides. And all I'm responsible is to do what I'm doing this morning. When I go through the Scriptures, and if it falls on that, I am to teach it as I would teach any other passage, without any apologies, with all the authority of the Scriptures. And then only touch it when we cross it in Scripture again, not when I feel that our funds are low. When our funds are low, I'm supposed to pray like I've always been praying. And I'm supposed to see God work for this ministry. I want to depend upon God. Because if I can pressure you, if I can manipulate you, then I really don't know if God is in this ministry. The greatest confirmation in my life is that God is providing, therefore God is guiding. I need that assurance. I need that in my life. It's the scariest way to live.
but on the spiritual plane is the safest because God is in control. Pastor Xavier Reese illustrating with the story of the poor widow at the treasury of Mark chapter 12, God's principles for giving. Now, there's much more of this message to come next time, but if your schedule won't permit you to tune in, as always, you can pick up a copy, and the title you want to ask for is simply, The Widow's Might. It's available on CD for only $4. And this might be a study you'd like to pass on to someone in your church or Bible study when you're through. Now, once again, the title to ask for is, The Widow's Might, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com